0: Do you like feeling good? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Positive Thinking, the podcast created to uplift and encourage you while giving practical tools to keep Christ at the center of your life. Like a painter dips his paintbrush in vibrant colors to color a painting, you can come here to be reminded that you are redeemed, filling your world with a kaleidoscope of biblical principles. Here to bless you, welcome your host, an author, retired Naval officer, CEO, and Christ follower, Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker.
1: Well, have I got a word for you today? I am super excited and It is going to bless you on today. I'll be talking a little bit on the topic of healing. Yes, healing. And I won't be covering the types of healing. No, no, no. I won't be talking about emotional healing, spiritual healing, or physical healing. That's for another day. I'll be talking about a healing experience. I don't know if you're in the shower. I don't know if you're cooking. I don't know if you're driving. I don't know if you're sitting with your friends, listening to this podcast. I don't know what you're doing, but I know that today you're going to be blessed by hearing me talk about a healing experience. How many of you know that Jesus Christ did multiple miracles surrounding the topic of healing? And those characters give us a template of healing experiences that we can glean from and begin to pull down examples of the ways that God was doing healings and is doing healings today in our lives. So what I'm going to do is because I've already gleaned from Matthew 9 chapters 18 Well, verses 18 through 33 and Matthew 9 verses 16, I'm going to just pour out on you some blessed oil from that that I got. And it's just going to to break you down and, and build you back up. And it's going to really just do a work in your life on today. So I'm going to tell you to bear with me as I deep dive into these scriptures. And I'm going to braid Matthew 9 and 16 with Matthew 9, 18 through 33. So I'm going to jump right in again for those that just came on. I'm going to be going into Matthew 9 verse 16, braiding that with Matthew 9, 18 through 33. And if I had to title today's topic, it would be called a healing experience. I'm jumping right into Matthew 9 and 16. This is, it says, besides who would patch old clothing with new cloth for the new patch, would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. Okay, so that's the first scripture that I'm going to begin to braid with um, the healing portion of this scripture. And before I jump into the healing portion of the scripture, the reason that I chose to uh, pull that out, and why the Holy Spirit began to highlight that portion to me um, is because basically uh, a patch is used to uh, hold together a weaker portion of material. To supposedly bring strength to that material. So think of it like this: think of a pair of uh, jeans that have a tear in the knee, and we normally put a patch on it because if we don't put a patch on it, the jeans could continually tear because the jeans are now weakened where they were normally strong because they have a hole in there. So when we put the patch over it, we make the jeans supposedly more sustainable in that spot. Okay. So, if you take that concept and and also understanding if you continue to read in that particular scripture, following um verse that same verse under that verse, and if you go into um, verses seventeen, it talks about pouring new wine into old wine skins, changing um, a way of thinking and that whole uh concept if you follow that same thought process and thinking about the patch and all of that, all Jesus is saying is um, during that time period, they had a a system of thinking, an old religious system of Judaism and its rules, its traditions that they were living by. And he's trying to put that out there in front of them and say, look, I didn't come to patch up an old religious system. I didn't come for that. I didn't come to patch up Judaism. That's not why I'm here to to, uh, make you uh, happy and, and, and do something about this whole rules and traditions that you have. I came to do something brand new. And that's why you when you look at the next scripture that follows the scripture in Matthew 9 and 16, when you look at Matthew 9 and 17, he talks about old wine into old, I mean, new wine and old wine. He's talking about the wine skins because he's saying, you know what, I can't do something, you know, a new thing and you have this old way of thinking. He's saying, even if I did something new, if you looked at it, your old way of thinking is going to have it cloudy. You must, you know, have a new way of thinking, this fresh way of thinking so that you can see what I'm doing and be able to accept it. So if you take that construct and that framework and lay it over what I'm getting ready to teach you today, then I would be able to be a blessing to you, you know? So that's basically um, the framework that I'm going to begin to move in today, that you need to have a fresh mindset as you begin to go into this new season that God is pressing upon you. And that's what he's basically telling the people that you can't contend to be, uh, continue to be legalistic and, and have religious thought processes and stuff like that because you're not going to be able to be a blessing and you're not going to be able to see what I'm doing right now in this new area of your life. Now, let's go ahead and, and move ourselves into Matthew 9 verses 18 through 33. And now I'm going to start building this um framework so you can see what This means as far as the healing experience, because in order for you to get this healing experience, you're going to have to open up to a new experience. See, Jesus Christ is now on the scene and he's now fulfilled the law. He's fulfilled the law. So if he's fulfilled the law, he's now doing something new. He's fulfilled what the Old Testament's prophets have prophesied about. And that's why this patch that I talked about has now become so important for you to be able to see what I'm getting ready to teach you today. So as I begin to go into verses 18, it says, while he was saying this, a synagogue leader came, knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples, healing by humility. I want to say that healing by humility that, that's what I coined this healing by humility. And let me go back to that scripture. It says, While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up, went with him, and so did his disciples. Okay, I call this healing by humility because today's topic is called a healing experience. Now, what this synagogue leader has just experienced is the experience of healing by humility. Humility. And the reason I say healing by humility is if you go to the first verse, it says, while he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt down before him and said, see, he first became humble before Jesus Christ, before he asked him anything. It says, the synagogue leader. This is now a leader. So let's break the scripture down. This is a synagogue leader. It says his name is Jarius. This it doesn't say it right here, but uh, Josephus uh, reveals his name that he is a synagogue leader named Jarius. It, it, it says and Josephus is a historian. So this is a Josephus is a historian that gives us more uh, validity and details of the scriptures when we're studying them. So. He's this man's of uh, this, this man who's a leader of the synagogue is named Jarius. It's believed to be named Jarius, and <clears throat> he's an administrative leader. So basically, he's uh, one of the deacons or the elders of the church who keeps everything in order. He's a leader, so he's humbling himself before Jesus Christ. Kneels down before him and says, basically, Can you heal my daughter? My daughter just died, but come, put your hand on her, and she will leave. She will live. so he basically understands that look, I understand the power of what you can do because he didn't he 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 makes it clear when he he asks Jesus to come, put your hand on her." And she will li- she will live. So he's saying to Jesus Christ, he first comes to him in a humble fashion. So he understands who he is in relationship to who Jesus Christ is. And that's why I said the way his healing experience happens is is healing by humility. And I say this uh, that, so we can understand that everyone receives their healing in a different way. And it's crucial to understand this because some people argue and complain and say, you know what? I didn't receive my healing, you know, and I'm still, you know, praying and trying to receive it. Or I don't know why I didn't receive it. And, you know, they are murmuring and complaining, you know, as to why they haven't received the healing yet. And I'm, I'm breaking these scriptures down so that you can understand maybe your approach might not be correct and that might be potentially why you're inadvertently not receiving your healing. This guy is a leader of the synagogue. He's a leader, but he understands I'm a leader but in relationship to Christ, I need to humble myself and also understand to the power of Christ. So he humbles himself also understanding that I don't need to have any doubt that Christ can do it. So when I humble myself, I act, understanding with full expectancy that God's going to do it. Catch that now. He humbles himself, acts with full expectancy that God's going to do it. Now you say, well, how do you know he acts with full expectancy? Because the scriptures show me that he acts with full expectancy. Go to back to verse 18 so that we can get more clarity on it because I'm not making this up. The scriptures are very clear here. It says, while he was saying to, while he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him. So he knelt before him to kneel down means that. He took a stance on his knee. It doesn't say that he was on one knee, two knees. It just says he knelt down. So to kneel down means that I took a lower stance than the person before me. So we know he knelt down, uh, making sure that this person knows that I'm lower than you, a form of worship. So he kneels down before him and said, my daughter has just died. So he gives the problem to Jesus Christ. My daughter has just died. But come and put your hand on her. So he says, but but come and put your hand on her. My daughter's just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. So he's already saying this is the situation. The situation isn't good, according to man. but." You come, put your hand on her, and the situation will become alive again. Jesus got up, went with him, so did the disciples, and guess what? A healing happens. Jesus goes and, go- and, and goes with him, a healing happens. So I call that experience healing by humility. So let's float that as a balloon. Balloon number one, floating. Let's move to the next scripture. Just when a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him, touched the edge of his cloak, she said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I would be healed. Let's read that again. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, came up behind him. Now get this, he's getting ready to go heal the the guy in scripture 18's daughter. It says, just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding. So he's in the middle of getting ready to heal someone else and bring them to life. The disciples is getting ready to go with them. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him. So he's already turned to go do another healing. She's sneaking in behind him to touch the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I can only just touch the edge of his cloak, I will be healed. So. He's in the middle of another healing. She's saying, you know what? You go ahead and go heal them. I just need to touch you in the midst of you going to heal somebody else so I can get my healing. Don't even worry about it. I don't even need to ask you to heal me. You on your way to heal somebody else. I just need to touch you on your way to heal somebody else. And in the process of you focused on healing somebody else, I just grab a little bit of essence to heal myself and don't even worry about me. I just, I'm just going to touch you. So I call her experience healing by courage. She had what I call a whatever it takes spirit. See the kind of courage she had. And I was, I was sharing this with my daughter because this one kind of puzzled me a little bit. And the reason I say it puzzled me because I didn't want to get confused with this scripture that have been preached to me so many times over and over and over and over and over again. I didn't want to have my spirit cloudy. I really wanted to get a fresh rim of word from God. I didn't want a a, 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 just a just a manna, something old that I had heard that now I'm thinking that that's a rima word. No, I wanted something fresh from heaven and I had to toy with this thing and I had to go reason with somebody else in the spirit to figure out what are you hearing when you read this and read the other scriptures? Because this is what I'm pulling down from heaven. I'm pulling down a healing experience for the people. Now, read this with the framework of a healing experience. This woman is touching God and pulling it through Jesus Christ. She's pulling on this healing experience, but let's for a moment picture ourselves as this woman. Let's not look at it from Jesus Christ standpoint, because the problem that I was having, I kept looking at it from the preacher standpoint, from preaching it. I kept looking at it from Jesus Christ standpoint as saying, woman, your faith has made you whole. And I kept looking at it from a faith standpoint and I couldn't get a rim of word. And I stopped for a minute and I was like, I must put myself in her shoes. I must now become empathetic. I need to, to stop for a minute and almost like, you know how you you become the transporter and you have to transport yourself for a minute and go outside of time. And I must now say, like that and get myself inside of where she was at at the moment. That's what I had to do for a moment. And I was like, I told my daughter, you read it and tell me what you see. She was like courage. And I was like, you know what? That's exactly what it is because this woman had to push past status quo. See, status quo told her she not supposed to touch him. Status quo and tradition told her she was unclean. She's bleeding. She's not even supposed to go into the church at this standpoint. She's not supposed to do anything at this standpoint. Matter of fact, status quo told her she was broke at this standpoint. She has spent all her money. She had to break tradition. She had to push past barriers. She had to have courage that was beyond courage. It wasn't, matter of fact, I was pushed to say unearthly courage. She had to have a different type of courage. I don't think it was just standard courage. I don't think it was the kind of courage that we say, you just have courage, girl. You just have courage, young man. It was a different kind of courage. It was that kind of courage that we said to Joshua, be of good courage. It was it was a it was a good courage. It was this kind of courage that you had to push yourself, type of courage. It was the kind of courage that you was like, you know what? Whatever it takes, courage. I'm gonna, you know, whatever it takes, I don't care what y'all are talking about, I don't care if they try to. Pull me back kind of courage. You know what? What I see right now, she had one hand behind her, her back kind of courage that she was willing to be pulled back by police type of courage. And she was still going to reach out with the other hand and touch his garment kind of courage. That's the kind of courage she had. She was going to do whatever it takes kind of courage. Matter of fact, I thought it would cross my mind was by all means necessary, but I didn't want to get radical on the podcast today. She had one of them kind of spirits of by all means necessary. She was going to get her healing on that day. She woke up that morning podcasters and she said, today is enough. She, you Have you ever woke up and you just got tired of being in a rut? That's the kind of healing experience that she had woke up with and said, today, enough's enough. I've I've been in a situation like that where I just made up in my mind, you know what? It stops today. Today it stops. There's been times where uh, someone has brought an issue to me and they've been in in in, 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 in such a rut that I said, you know what? Devil, I serve you notice on today. Today's enough. Get out. It's over today. You're not going to continue to uh, vex their spirit. It's enough's enough. One of them types of things. That's where she was at. She said, I'm getting my healing on today. She was. She said, I'm tired of bleeding. I'm tired of being weak. I'm tired of waking up and just being tired in my spirit. I've spent all my money. I don't have no other means to get well. You know what? They said a man called Jesus is here. He's been healing everybody and I'm going to go to him and I'm going to touch his garment. I don't care if they tell me I can't touch him. I don't care if his disciples hold me back. If I got to kick and scream, I'm going to get my healing on today because I'm tired of being sick and tired. She had one of them kind of spirits. I'm tired of being sick and tired and I'm getting my healing on today and whatever it takes, I'm going to have my healing experience. And I need for y'all to know on today that you, sometimes you got to break outside the box. You got to understand that we serve a limitless God. God has never been in a box. I don't care if you have a child that you Lost, a broken marriage, if you are a widow, if you don't have a, a parent, I don't care what the situation could be. It could be hopeless. They could have told you you on death row. They could tell you that you're never getting out of prison. They could tell you that the uh, that it's just hopeless. We serve the great and blessed hope. Our God loves a hopeless situation. How many of you know that on today? We serve a God that loves a hopeless situation. He loves situations where you look like the underdog. Let me tell you about a, a little boy named David. Let me tell you about David and Goliath. Let me help you out on today. I will mess around and shout all over this podcast and bless you on today. He specializes in a hopeless situation. You Messed around and hit the wrong podcast on the day because I came to serve you. Notice and tell you God came to bless you. I don't care if you got insufficient funds on your debit card. God can do supernatural things. He's here to bless you on today and give you a healing experience. Oh, you know what, y'all? bet I am so sorry I got up on my soapbox about my God and your God. Let me, woo, let me pull my spirit back in. See, I get excited about this thing because God came to bless you on today. We serve a God that's awesome. We serve a God that specializes in hopeless matters. Stop sharing your problems with people who can't encourage you. Stop sharing your problems with people who got dead spirits, who can't even give you and speak life to you. How is is somebody this devil-minded going to speak life to your situation when they devil-minded? Stop it. It's time out for that. God has a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says he came that you would have life that much more abundantly and that you would have. He has a plan for you and that that plan is not to hinder or harm you, but give you a hope in the future. Y'all better stop on today. Y'all better stop on today and trust God. Now, let's move on through these scriptures. Y'all ain't got me. ex Holy Ghost excited. So this lady had a whatever it takes uh, type of spirit in Matthew 9 and 20. Now, let's move on to Matthew 9 and 22. Matthew 9 and 22 says this. Jesus turned and saw her and he said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. So we wrap up the the woman who had the issue of blood situation. We we can all agree that she was healed by her courage and her whatever it takes type of spirit. And uh, I, I, I got to get off of that thing because I just want to anchor there for a minute. But I ain't because for the sake of the podcast, we'll move on through. To verse 23. And, and this is the next type of healing experience. So just to quickly recap, the first healing experience that was found in, in verse 18 was healing by humility, which was the synagogue leader named Jairus. He knelt down and he, he, he understood his place in relationship to who he was To Christ, he understood and he believed that Christ could do it without a shadow of a doubt. And he gave the issue to Christ with no doubt, which was his daughter was dead. And now, the woman with the issue of blood. She she said, whatever. You know what? I'm done with this thing. And you know what? I've heard about a man named Jesus. I'm going to touch his garments and he's going to heal me on today because it stops today. And now we're in verse 23 and we're we're going to experience another kind of story about another set of people who had a healing experience. It says when Jesus entered the synagogue. Leaders, the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes. He said, go away, the girl is not dead but asleep. Let me let me read that again. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes, he said, go away, the girl is not dead but asleep. Now, this is the same synagogue leader that was in verse 18, remember? He was on his way to her, to, to this leader's house. And when this lady touched his garment, remember I said he, he left, he was on his way to go to this, this person's house because he said in verse 18, Hey, my daughter just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. It says Jesus got up in verse 19 and went with him. So, so did the disciples now, The lady touches him along the way. Now we in verse 23 and we're continuing on with the synagogue leader's story. It says, when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house, remember he told her, told Jesus in verse 18, his daughter's dead. It says, he saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes. He said, go away. So Jesus walks in the house. Let me me make this story so y'all can see it clearly. Jesus shows up at his house. They in there playing pipes and the reason they're playing pipes is this tradition is that they're mourning because their girl is dead. So they're playing music. People are there crying as part of the tradition to mourn that this girl is dead. The reason Jesus is saying go away is because guess what? She ain't dead. And he's saying get out of here with all that extra stuff y'all doing. Y'all are clueless right now. Do you know who I am? I have the keys to heaven and hell. And I just showed up and y'all playing deaf music. Y'all playing deaf music and life just walked through the door. Hello. Hello, lights. Hello. Life just walked through the door and y'all playing deaf music. Think about that. Life just walked through the door and y'all playing deaf music. He said, go away. The girl is not dead, but she's asleep. But they laughed at him. Get this. This is how clueless they are. Life walked through the door. He says, the girl's not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. After the crowd had been put aside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. Now, see, I want to back up for a minute because I want to teach for a little bit there. I want to pull the meat off the bone at this part. If you go back up to 24, when he said, go away, the girl... Is not dead, but she's asleep. And it says, but they laughed at him because this is a type of spirit that I need for y'all to get and understand that you don't need to have around you In this season, you know how it says, how can two walk together and not agree? Having somebody around you like mindedness is so important. Remember, I said a devil minded man is unstable in all his ways. And I said, how are you going to be around somebody devil minded? They speak in life and they speak in death at the same time. That's unstable. That don't even make sense. How are you going to speak life to me one day, speak death to me the next? How is uh? Uh, hot and cold going to run out of the same faucet at the same time. Hello, because I know somebody on there saying hot and cold can't run off the same faucet. No, I'm not saying when you turn it hot, it runs hot. And then when you turn it cold, that's different. That means when you turn it cold, you have it running one stream one way and then when I turn it hot, I'm having it run hot one stream one way. I'm saying, how can it run at the same time? There's no way that you run it hot and cold at the same time. that It makes it unstable. That makes it lukewarm. Don't even make no sense. Let me help you out on that. That's confusing. That's lukewarm. That don't make sense. So what is happening here is life has walked through the door. The Lord is saying she's either going to live or she's going to die. And, and And this man has asked me, to make her live so y'all here and y'all laughing and y'all are on the side of making her die that don't make sense so what we gonna do for y'all is we gonna say go away that's a lesson for somebody on, on today go away if somebody's around you going in the opposite direction tell them to what go away that's the lesson i want to anchor there for a second listen if somebody is not of like-mindedness and going in the direction that you going you can't be with them. You must tell them to what? Go away. He told them to go away. And then he told them what it was going to be. He he makes it clear to the people that he told to go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. See, and this is so important because you have to decree and declare what it really is to the people who have tried to tell you what it is but what it is not so he's telling them look the girl is not dead she's asleep they laugh the reason they're laughing is because they're contrary to him they believe that she's dead they believe that she's dead so what has to happen how can two walk together and not agree so what it says is after the crowd had been put aside, see, they can't be in the same room while he's trying to bring her to life. He can't, he's trying to bring her to life. How can he bring her to life? And he has death in the room trying to bring her to death. That's devil mindedness. That's death pushing down. Why are you trying to bring something to life? This is a lesson for somebody on here because you wondering why you can't get the business started. You wondering why things don't ever work out for you. you. Check who you around. Maybe they speaking against you. Maybe you thinking the person that's on your team really not on your team. Maybe the person you got in your boat got holes in your boat. You need to check who's on your team. Maybe they really not on your team. Maybe they're really not on your team. We have to really be careful in this season who we around. If you're trying to go higher, everybody can't breathe at higher heights. If you notice, the higher you go, God begins to cut the dead weight. I told you a podcast ago on Podcast 33, God will cut the dead weight. As we ascend higher, there's more required. Too much is given, much more is required. It says who can ascend to the high place. You must be consecrated at the high place. And a lot of people don't want to do what's required at the high place. Some people don't want to be consecrated. Some people don't want to cut off the dead weight. Some people don't want to do extra stuff to be at the high place. See, I like to think of it as Mount Everest. I was having this conversation with my um, daughter a week ago. See, I gave the example of the climbers that climb Mount Everest. When they climb Mount Everest, you don't see a whole bunch of people getting ready to climb Mount Everest every week, do you? No, you don't. Because it takes intent, practice, and it takes relationships and a lot of commitment. The people that climb Mount Everest, when they get to a certain height, they say the the oxygen is lower. And those people have practiced... Breathing at that uncomfortable level. And they don't go up there by themselves just in case something happens, breathing at that oxygen level because there's no, it's like almost like practically no oxygen at that level. And the reason I say there's not a lot of people climbing Mount Everest because a whole lot of people ain't going to take a risk like that. Hello. I'll stop right there and we'll take a moment of silence. Yep. A lot of people not going to take a risk like that. So I caveat that to say maybe that business you trying to start. Your best friend ain't really trying to take a risk like that, even though they they having a good conversation with you. They're drinking coffee with you. They're looking at the Internet with you and they just play playing with you. But they ain't really trying to take a risk like that. And because they're not trying to take a risk like that, how can two walk together and not agree? They talking on the side and they chattering about you and it's, it's causing you to not be able to go to the high place. And that's why your business ain't took off. I'm just saying it's a possibility. We really have to check our surroundings in this season and make sure we are around like mindedness in this hour so that we can get to the high place. So let's keep on going with this. It says he said, go away. In verse 24, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. So he clears the environment of the negativity. He clears the environment of the opposite thing that he's trying to achieve. And it says, but they laugh. And then he waits after the crowd had been put aside. So he waits, he waits till the crowd's put aside. And then he went in and took the girl by her hand and she got up. So this is my point. They laughed. He waited till the crowd was put aside. So he waited until the opposite energy that could be potentially going against what he was doing was put aside. And then he politely went in there, picked up the girl and she what? She got up. That's what verse. I didn't make that up. Jasmine didn't put that in the scriptures. That's not something I'm trying to potentially say. It says in verse 25, after the crowd had been put aside, he went in, took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of this spread through the region. And I would call this healing in his presence. Healing in his presence and healing by humility, because it took the humility of the leader to first approach God or Jesus Christ. And after that approach happens, he finds himself at the leader's house. And as he's in the leader's house, then this situation happens. In his presence. See how that was a process. How that process began to transition. The humility takes place. Of the leader. The leader finds Jesus Christ at him at his house. The house then has to be cleared of the negativity. The house then become, is consecrated. So Jesus can begin to dwell in the place. Who can ascend to the high place. Remember, I said a clean hands. The house is then consecrated, sweeped up those people. And when the people was put aside, what happened? His presence begins to take over. And guess what? He grabs her hand, she gets up, and she walks. And what's what? She's now living. Oh, I- I'm blessing you on today. Let's move to the next scripture and we're getting ready to wrap it up here. We're on verse 27. And again, for those that just popped on, our topic on today is a healing experience. And again, the whole reason for this is to explain to you that healing experiences have, that's why they call it experiences. They're they're multiplex. They they happen in in different ways. And I'm only telling you this so that you don't hinge yourself on putting God in a box. And you don't say that it's a one size fits all. That's not how healing happens. You have to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit and understanding that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the father making intercession intercession for us. And the Holy Spirit is here telling us what to do so that we know how to operate and have the experience to get us the healing. It is crucial for you to understand the Holy Spirit is here to lead, to guide us into all truth. He knows what we need to do to get the answer so that we can get the healing. He knows what the Father wants. He knows the process that has to happen to move into the present. Whew. Y'all, y'all blessing me on today. Let's go right into uh, verse 27. It says, as Jesus went on from there, <clears throat> two blind men followed him. So look, look at this, how he just a healing. He just, he's on a healing frenzy. That's what I want to call this. Jesus is on a healing frenzy. It says, as Jesus went on from there. So he just is he's on a a healing marathon. You know how when you watch TV, they'll say they're on a movie marathon. He's on a healing marathon. I want to do that one day. Lord, bless us to be on a healing marathon. We on our way to Starbucks and and we get in there and, and we just talking about the goodness of God and people in in the presence and they healing. And then we, we head over to the golf course and, and, and they're getting a healing over there and we leave the golf course and and we're over at, uh, red lobster and they getting a healing over there. And we, everywhere we go, they're getting a healing. Cause that's how it. look at this. It says, as he went on from there and it's like, as we go on from there, people are steadily getting a healing. It's a healing frenzy. Just people on the healing marathon, every time they come into contact with us, people just get healed, people just getting blessed. That's the kind of that's the kind of awesomeness I want to be carried over me. That's the kind of awesomeness I decree and declare over your life that when people come into the contact of you, they will be blessed by your very presence. This is how Jesus Christ operated. In verse 27, it says, As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out. Have mercy on us, son of God. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Let's go back to that. And let's dissect that. And, and this, this is our last, our last healing frenzy. It says, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of God. So get this. This is two blind men following Jesus calling out. And this is, and you know, another thing that's just jumping out at me right now. Tell me. How can two blind men follow Jesus if they can't see? Help me, Holy Spirit, because I need to understand that. Now, they say that when you blind, your other senses become stronger. Now, only reason I know that is because when I read Helen Keller as a little girl, her senses was her other senses become more stronger. And she was able to describe other colors like red, even though she had not seen red. Now, what I'm trying to figure out is when I read this, it says two blind men followed him calling out. So how can they follow that which they cannot see? See, that's a whole nother teaching. I don't even want to open that can of worms up because we only got a little bit more time on this podcast and I need to wrap. They blind and they're following him calling out, saying, have mercy on us, son of God. I don't know how they can follow him and they can't see. I mean, are they sensing him following him? Is he singing a song and they hearing his voice? I don't know. Do they feel him in their spirit to follow him? Help me out. I don't know. I don't have the answer for y'all on today. If I had the answer, I would tell you, but I'm going to tell, I'm going to leave this as an anchor. You know how they leave it in a book? No, as a cliffhanger. That's what they call it. A cliffhanger. Two blind men followed him calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came in. Tell me how do the blind men come into the doors and they can't even see? They still following him in the doors. He asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? So he's basically, Jesus is talking to them. So he's talking to them just like you would talk to your kids if they was following you, looking at you. They said, yes, Lord. They replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one knows about this, but they went out and spread the news over the region. I would call their healing a healing by persistence, a healing by persistence. And the reason I would call this last healing a healing by persistence is because these two blind men approach him and they follow him and they call out to him. They even call out to him and they don't call him the Messiah. They don't, they call him the son of David. They say, have mercy on us. They're persistent to the point. They follow him indoors. They're following him indoors. So that means they're following behind him. He walks into another house. They're behind him. Matter of fact, the house they walk into ain't even their house. That means he probably let's give an example. He's walking. He could be walking into my house and these two men are following him and they walking into my house. And I don't even know these two men. I can have them arrested because they decide they want to get their healing so bad. And they're so persistent about getting a healing. They're going to walk into my house and they didn't even get invited into my house. They're so busy following Jesus Christ that they're like, whatever. I don't care that this is your house. I'm too fixated on getting my healing and I'm going to be persistent about this thing because I don't know if he's going to come back through on this side of the town again, but I'm going to follow him and he's going to give us a healing on today. They follow him. It says when he had gone indoors, the blind man came to him. And he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. He healed them. And he told them, this is according to your faith. Let it be done. And next thing you know, they healed. Now, th- now without getting on another subject, he tells them, sternly, don't tell nobody. Now, they go all over the region telling everybody. That's a whole nother topic. And we'll leave that right there. But I would again say this particular healing experience is healing by persistence. Now, when we recap this whole thing, we have somebody being healed by courage. The, the woman with the issue, she's healed by courage because she has a whatever it takes spirit. We have the synagogue leader who knows how to approach Jesus. He's, his is like a total process that starts by healing by humility that, that um, morphs into healing in, in, in the presence. And and I mean, you saw me explain that thing. And then we have healing by persistence with these two uh, blind men who are following Jesus and they can't even see. So I'm still trying to figure out how they follow somebody that they can't see. I, that's that's beyond me. But furthermore, this whole thing started out with me explaining it to you. in Matthew nine and 16, when Jesus says that he didn't come to patch up the old religious system. He came that they would have something new, and he proves it in these scriptures in Matthew nine eighteen to thirty three that he came to do healing in multiple different ways. They experienced healing in multiple different ways. He proves it here, that he didn't stay systematic. he didn't do it every time the same way. So I'm going to leave it today by saying, however, You know, for the sake of today's teaching that these people experience healing in in, in any way that they desire to pull it out of Jesus Christ. Remember, he's going to be what you need him to be in your life. And I said before, there's no one size fits all. If you need a healing from God and, and, and you pull on that. He's going to give it to you. I don't want you to inadvertently miss your healing because you think, oh, it has to be the way that I got it from uh, my cousin told me or the way my pastor said it had to happen. God is too big for that. He said to expect him for the unexpected. And I need for you to move through this new season with a renewed mind, expecting God for the unexpected. And I'm going to pray over you. Oh, gracious heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for every podcast viewer on today and listener and that you would cover them, God, with your gracious anointing, God, and with your Holy Spirit, that you would allow them to receive healing by way of emotions, spiritual, God, even financial, God, and um. Uh, just cover them on today, God. We need you to begin to do a new work in a new season for us, God. Allow us to hearken unto your voice, God. Allow us to perceive it. And Isaiah, it said, it has sp- sprung up, God. It has sprung up out of nowhere. And when something sprungs up like that, Lord, we can potentially miss it. Don't allow us to miss the new thing that you're doing in this very hour. God, we love you and allow us to be able to, to, to see you in this hour, but most of all, to hear you, God. And we love you. And we ask all of these things in your darling son, Jesus' name. And until then, podcasters, I love you with the love of the Lord. And and listen to this over and over again to get it in your spirits. And until next time, be blessed.
0: Thank you for listening. We're so glad you joined us on today's episode of Positive Thinking with Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. We know you are blessed today and we'd love to hear about it. Connect with us on social media at Positive Thinking Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Mrs. Colorful Day and our message at Positive Thinking, go to MrsColorfulDay.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, you are blessed. Now go color your world.